Chapter 8 Once I spent about six hours telling stories to Zelda to keep her spirits up, to keep my spirits up, to keep our legs moving as we strudged through the rain towards the city. At least the rain is washing my hat, but my head is still hot and throbbing. Every time a Nazi soldier yells at me or another person in our soggy, straggling group, my head has a stabs of pain. Me and Zelda have eaten our bread and we're both hungry. As we strudge on, I keep my eyes open for food. Nothing, just dark, wet trees and big fields full of mud and wet grass. I keep thinking about mum and dad and hoping they're not this hungry, but worrying about them only makes my head throb more. Why have you stopped the story, says Zelda. Sorry, I say. I'm telling her a story about how much fun kids can have in the city, but my imagination is as tired and hungry as my body, and my shirt's wet and I'm worried my notebook is getting ruined. Zelda is looking annoyed, but I don't blame her. Her pyjamas are sodden as my shirt. Keep going with the story, she says. William and Violet Elizabeth are in the big cake shop at the zoo, remember? I remember, I say. Did I tell you about the elephants? The ones that float in by parachute with the extra supplies of cakes? Yes, says Zelda crossly. Don't you know anything? I'm being distracted again. An- another straggling crowd of Jewish people have appeared out of the side of the road and walking with us now. They look terrible. Some of them have got bigger bruises than Zelda. Zelda's so exhausted she hasn't even asked me about them. But I can see she's noticed and she's as concerned as I am. Something I find the energy to carry on with the story. William and Violet Elizabeth eat another six cakes each, I continue. Then suddenly a zookeeper rushes in, upset and yelling, A vicious gorilla has escaped and is on a violent rampage across Poland. Across the whole world, says Zelda. Yes, I say glad I've got her mind off the bruised people. So William and Violet Zelda come up with a plan to capture the gorilla. Violet comes up with most of it, says Zelda. All right, I say. The plan is they go to a luxury hotel and get a luxury hotel room and put lots of things in the gorilla that, that gorillas like. Bananas, coconuts, small roasted monkeys. I can see Zelda isn't happy with this. Why do they put things in a hotel room, she asks. Because, I say, luxury hotels in cities are most of a modern invention called concrete, which is super strong. Even a gorilla can't bash his way out when he's locked in a constant room. The gorilla might be a girl, says Zelda. I look at her wearily. He might, I say. Anyway, William and Violet Elizabeth send a message to the gorilla about the hotel room, then hide in the wardrobe with a big net. And toys, says Zelda. I look at her puzzled. Gorillas like toys, she says. I know I should be agreeing with her, but I don't, partly because I'm not sure if gorillas do like toys, and partly because... What I'm seeing ahead of us is suddenly making hard for me to speak. One of the people in our group, the man who isn't a book lover, has started yelling at the soldiers, screaming hysterically. Suddenly a soldier hits the man in the face with a machine gun. The man falls down. The soldier starts kicking him. People cry out. 
I almost do myself. Instead, I step between the man and Zelda so she won't see. I put my arm round her shoulder and walk as fast as I can, talking loudly to distract her. William and Violet Elizabeth's plan is a big success, I say, because when the gorilla hears about the toys, he rampages straight to the hotel. I think it's a silly plan, says Zelda. I'm struggling to stay calm. Behind us, I can still hear the poor man grunting as the soldiers kick him. Tell me a better plan, I say. Well, says Zelda, Violet, Elizabeth and William dig a big hole like those people over there and the gorilla falls into it. I look over where Zelda is pointing. In a patch of the forest near the road, a big crowd of people, hundreds it looks like, are digging what looks like a huge hole. I stare confused. It's hard to see because of the trees, but the people don't look like farm workers. Some of them look like children. Some of them look very old. Some of them look like they might be naked. And I think I can see soldiers pointing guns at them. What are they doing? says Zelda. I wait for my imaginary to come up with something. It doesn't. Maybe Gorilla has really escaped, says Zelda. She puts her arm round my waist. I keep mine round her shoulders. Some of the people in our group are stopping, trying to see what, what's going on in the forest. The soldiers are yelling at us to keep moving. We trudge on through the rain. The gorilla has a friend, says Zelda, a kind man. He doesn't want the gorilla to be captured, so he tells the army to li- leave the gorilla alone and they hit him with a gun. I look down at Zelda. I can tell from the sadness on her face that she did see the man being hit. I squeeze her tighter. That's a good story, I say. And when the man gets better, he and the gorilla go and live happily in the jungle and open a cake shop. Yes, says Zelda quietly. She doesn't look as though she totally believes it. I don't either. The city isn't anything like it is in stories. The wide streets are dirty and the tall buildings five levels high. Some of them have all got Nazi flags hanging from the balconies and out of the window. Army trucks and tanks are parked everywhere and lots of soldiers are standing around telling each other foreign jokes and and laughing. There's no sign of a zoo. I haven't seen a single cake shop or rag shop and the local people are really unfriendly. Lots of them are standing on the footpath yelling unkind things at us as we straggle past. Dirty Jews, stuff like that. Of course we're dirty. We've been walking for nearly a whole day in the rain. I'm looking around for mum and dad, but I can't see them. Zelda is doing the same. I hope I find mine before she realises hers aren't here. Where are you, mum and dad? I must try and be patient. That's what mum used to tell me when I was little and I got upset because I couldn't read any of the words in dad's big book about 2,000 years of Jewish history. This is hopeless. There are too many people. I've never seen so many people in one place and all the Jewish people look as unhappy as us, huddled and weary in dark, damp cots and blankets, trying to ignore the rude things the city people are shouting at us. I don't like the city, says Zelda. I wish I knew what to say. I wish I could tell her the story to make us feel a little better, but I'm too exhausted and my feet are too blistered. We're heading for a big brick wall built right across the street. 
that's a very strange place to build a wall. There's a gate in the wall with soldiers guarding it, and the people ahead of us are going through the gate. No, they're not. Not all of them. The soldiers are grabbing some of the Jewish people. They're giving them buckets and scrubbing brushes. They're making them kneel down and scrub the cobblestones. This is terrible. The city council should pay people to clean the streets, not make visitors do it while the locals stand around laughing. I hope mum and dad didn't have to do this. Oh no, what now? This is even more terrible. Soldiers are grabbing Jewish kids and throwing them into the back of a truck. It looks like no kids are allowed through the gate. People are screaming and crying and their kids are snatched away. What's going on? Why are the Nazis separating kids from their adults? I don't want to be separated. I want to stay here and find mum and dad. I pull Zelda over to the side of the street. I look around for an alley we can run down. The the local people are pointing at us and yelling at the soldiers. And we're Jews and we're escaping. What was that noise? Gunshots. Everyone is screaming. Over by the wall, two people are lying on the ground, bleeding. Another man is wrestling with a soldier, trying to get to the kid that another soldier is holding. The soldier with the kid points a pistol and shoots the man. Oh. The screaming is even louder now, but I can still hear Zelda howling in fright. I try to cling onto her. Too late. Somebody's dragging her away from me. A Nazi officer, with a bored look on his face, is holding her by the hair and pointing a gun at her. Please don't, I croak. I wait for my imagination to come up with a reason. I can tell him why he do- mustn't shoot her, but my head is burning and everything is spinning round and I fall down, shouting, but no- not words. The cobblestones hurt my face. Gunshots hurt my ears. I start crying. I don't know what to do. I haven't got any more stories. Thank you for listening. That was chapter eight.